Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate Coaching Podcast. I'm your host Laura and today we have a very exciting and inspiring guest joining us. Whether you're a seasoned entrepreneur, a woman leading the charge in her field or a business owner looking to level up, this episode is sure to spark a fire within you. I'm thrilled to introduce Charlotte, a public speaking confidence coach. She has an exceptional knack for transforming individuals who struggle with stage fright into persuasive speakers who command attention and are, in her own words, impossible to ignore. I'm sure we've all had that moment where we stood in front of an audience, our hearts pounding, palms sweaty, wishing we could convey our message with confidence and poise. And that's exactly where Charlotte steps in, turning our public speaking dreams into a reality. Today, we're going to delve deep into her world, discussing unique te- unique techniques that was a bit of a tongue twister there (laughs) hearing some amazing success stories and of course getting some top-notch tips oh tongue twisters everywhere (laughs) (laughs) top-notch tips that you can apply to your own speaking journey so welcome charlotte Thank you so much for having me. Bless you. That is one of those things, isn't it, where the tongue just trips. And often people say, let me just put my teeth back in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you know what? I used to be really insecure about it. But the more comfortable I've got with myself, the more I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I struggle with (laughs) pronouncing words. I struggle to read. It's just part of who I am. And I I embrace it now. (laughs) It's often, though, I mean, it's... Exactly like if you picked up a set of weights and you haven't warmed up and you just feel a little bit like, oh gosh, that didn't go the way I planned. It's the same Mm. thing with the voice. So often our mind is just racing ahead and wanting to get it really, really well done. And then the body is like, hey, you just haven't warmed me up or the articulators or something like that. So it's a really easy fix for lots Mm. of us, but we're just out of touch with the instrument. Oh, okay. So what could I have done? before this to have prepped for the intro (laughs) we are diving straight we're going straight in (laughs) yeah and it depends look we would have to work together and for me to have like Mm. a little bit of a better understanding but typically it's something like the lips or the tongue or the jaw are a little bit tight or we're feeling a little bit stressed or heightened in this new environment. We're like, we want to get it right. And so there's that pressure all of a sudden, right? So it could be a mindset thing, an emotional thing, or it could be something physical. So a really, really brilliant mm. exercise, though, that I love when I'm feeling really tongue-tied is one that Nick Redman calls slug ton. And um, <laughs> you basically stick out your tongue, let it kind of hang out and this is one that clients absolutely hate and love at the same time so you'd let your tongue hang out like this and then speak with your tongue hanging out but really essentially you've got to let it really like loosen up so if it's if if you find that when you're uh speaking with your tongue hanging out Mm. that it's pulling back wanting to pop there might be some tension in the tongue root so you might have to do something there so it's all about being a little bit forensic like what's going on how do I feel taking stock taking a mindful moment and seeing what sort of thing is tripping you up because normally it's just like a little Mm. sag in the carpet it's nothing big you just kind of that's so interesting yeah and that's and that's so interesting because I suppose there's so much to what you actually do that I've probably got no idea actually how much detail <laughs> and like the level of depth that you go into because 
I just assume you just get up, you talk, you know, and you talk with confidence. But absolutely. Yeah. So tell us more about what you actually do, because I'm sure there's so many misconceptions, like I've just said, that people have about your field of work. Well, I think there's there's misconceptions about what I do and also about public speaking general. It's a bit of a crap term, really. Caroline Mm. Goida says this, that like we don't stick the word public on front of anything else in terms of what we do day to day or perform or we don't say public dancing or public (laughs) snooker or, you know, anything like that. But there's this real fear, feeling and fear of being out in the open and kind of exposed and that it is about the public so I think that's the number one thing about public speaking is people think oh god I have to be on a stage I have to be doing a TED talk or something like that and actually for me it's as simple as um something like having a tricky conversation at work or Mm -hmm. being ready for a job interview that you really want to get or um asking for that raise at work or just putting yourself out there in conversation with friends. A lot of people, Mm -hmm. I think after the pandemic, really started to worry and and get concerned about their their social, well, what I call social fitness. So their ability Mm -hmm. to connect with people, to have all of that energy to be in conversation and whatever. So it really is really, really broad. But in Mm -hmm. terms of what I do with people, I work one-to-one, month-to-month, and for as long as it kind of takes or that it appeals with clients, we will dive into session once a month where they can put all of their focus, their energy on their voice, their body, their breath, and understand a little bit more about how this can be a a really brilliant instrument to benefit their lives. Mm. And there's nothing nothing worse even then it kind of links to what you said at the the beginning that you have that opportunity and something lets you down or you walk away from that feeling that event feeling oh, I could have done better mm-hmm. and that's what I really like to help people wrestle with is that feeling that I did my best mm. or I did as you know I gave as good as I could get um my background is as a theatre director so my job was to make whoever it was on stage feel really connected to the audience, be really aware of themselves, know how to heighten tension, how to hold moments, how to embody a character that had agency, command, or perhaps, you know, was conveying certain emotions. So Mm. for me, I found it really interesting that that same craft wasn't being shared with the general public so I think it can help you in different environments. So that's yeah. what I basically do is st- steal all of the work that I do with actors, <laughs> give it to people who, who you know, have their own stage, basically. Yeah. So who do you tend to work with then? Is it a wide variety of different people? Mm, yeah. So I work with typical voice users so presenters uh people who are doing live presenting podcasting things like that but then also people who I work with a lot of people who own their own business and they mm-hmm. actually want to be at the helm of talking about their own business because they know it inside and out and actually the the typical response has been to give it to an actor before or to give it to a sales team before. And you don't have all the agency then. You don't have all that passion that mm-hmm. the business, like 
you went into business in the first place like that doesn't translate so I help them to get that out that message out there it might be social media it might be in a pitching meeting help a lot of people who are um uh, startups things like that who want to pitch their ideas who want to be taken seriously those rooms are really scary for a lot of people mm, so yeah. walking in and feeling like oh my god I'm I'm your equal is is not only necessary but it has the key, it holds the key to your future mm. um also work with people like CEOs or senior team leaders those who are maybe taking a step away from the day-to-day and they want to promote what it is their business does or you know talk at different events um keynote speeches things like that so it's a real variety Mm. of people I actually recently helped my mum who's going on QVC oh no way so she's going to be selling on QVC yeah and uh, if you'd have asked her a couple of months ago I bet she would have said there's not a chance in hell but luckily I was there to prep her for that so a lot I would say I know it's really lovely because I think a lot of the people who get the most out of this stuff they're the people who have so much to say so much knowledge experience capability Mm. and they're they're sort of hiding it under a layer of doubt or fear or apprehension and actually I work to scrape away that um yeah apprehension and and get them feeling really fighting fit with their voice so you must do quite deep work with your clients then it's not just about the voice by the sounds of it it sounds to me like there'll be things like stress management some holistic elements that come into to your coaching Mm. style yeah yeah I mean what's really lovely about doing this work is I'm able to take a lot more time than I would be able to working with someone like an actor or performer Mm -hmm. um, because there's a big deadline there Uh, so we are able to have more conversations and you know prescribe things like let's do tension release Uh, for a lot of that we need a lot of permission as well I think we don't treat it as like an inverted commas work Mm -hmm. but If you went to drama school and you watch actors for the first one or two years of their training, a lot of the time they're lying on the floor and they're breathing uh, and then they're standing up against a wall and they're doing these micro adjustments and it's cumulative, this, this work of relaxing, finding the tension, looking for the the strength, making sure that the right parts of themselves are working and a lot of the time you know different things get in the way mindset emotion day-to-day stresses um things like you know whether you're house hunting all of those sorts of things whether you have mm-hmm. doubt or a colleague that's a bit unruly all of those things so I basically just kind of unpick what's the root of those tensions and how can we work through them and there's kind of three key stages with that really so it's preparation practice and performance mm-hmm. and depending on where someone's at they'll be sat in a particular stage for a longer or shorter time so for preparation for example it might be like okay where do I start with writing a speech or where do I start with talking about myself um how can I feel really prepared for small talk or whatever then we'd practice uh some of the things that they wanted to say some of the things Mm. that they believe and then we would put it into performance so okay 
let's stand this up now. Imagine that I am someone in a networking event and you really want to sell your idea or you want to practice listening with me or whatever. And as cheesy as it is, role play is a really, really (laughs) brilliant tool. So there's times where, you know, I'll be like, imagine I'm so-and-so or whatever. But because our imagination is so powerful, it's an amazing tool for that. So we, what I do is like guide them towards that stress and mm-hmm. then make sure that they know I can handle it. Mm. Because it doesn't then creep up on you in the real moment. You're like, this is just yes. like my training. This yes. is just like my, you know, training with Charlotte. It's the same for a marathon. You're not going to just turn up on the day and be like, oh, well, I must be just crap as a human being. I can't (laughs) run, you know, 50 miles. And it's like, we wouldn't dream of saying something like that. But when it comes to voice and speaking, we just think, oh, no, they're just talented. Let me tell you now, anyone can do this stuff. There is no such thing of someone just being born confident. It is Mm -hmm. cultivated. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I think confidence really comes from being comfortable in the uncomfortable. So, like, putting yourself in those situations yeah. where you really have to test your resilience because it's in yeah, those moments. Absolutely. Yeah, you prove to yourself, like, actually, I've done that thing that I thought was really hard, so I can do this yes. thing because it's never going to be as hard as that hardest thing that I've done before. Yeah, and actually the thing that you come up against, the the most difficult enemy is your imagination. Yeah. In that... In that time you're you know if you I I really like I don't know whether this was like an illustration or something but there's um there's like an image where this shadow someone's looking at this shadow which is kind of cast along a wall Mm. and it's huge and it looks really scary and it looks like I think it's like a big lion or something and they turn around and they see a kitten but it's like that that's what we try and do in in our sessions is turn around and see that actually it's a kitten And although that fight or flight response might have been trying to help us, now we can sort of sit with it. It's the same with yoga. So my background is obviously with theatre, but also uh, I did my yoga and breathwork training. I did not know. Yoga is the same thing. Yeah, did you not know that? No, that makes so much sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I can can see that now. Yeah, yeah, this is it. So they all kind of come together, but yoga is a controlled stress situation. When you're in an asana or a position, mm-hmm. it puts the body under manageable stress. Mm-hmm. So all of those balancing postures and things like that, we're meant to meet all of the stress in that time with the uh, with the guru with the teacher and know that we're safe and that actually in the next time another stress comes along like a passive aggressive email Mm. or something our body remembers that we can handle it yeah so we don't go into that real shock response yeah that's exactly why I I think a lot of people go on sorry no, oh, I was no, say, I that's exactly say, why. Think... <laughs> oh, we've done it again. You go first. <laughs> we had a delay then. That was so funny. I see the joy in overlapping. This is a proper conversation. No, I was, um, oh God, I've forgotten what I was going to say now. Brain fart. Oh, no. Mm, what was it? Oh, that's it. I think, I think the, the common misconception at the moment is that those spaces are, like a safe space means wrapping each other up in in cotton wool and not exposing ourselves to stress yeah the actual like for me the definition of safe space is 
the ability to take a risk and be held by the people in that room and be then be like do you know what it's okay we're all in it together yeah I 100% agree and you know you reminded me of like the the weekend that I just been on I've been on like a, a healing camping weekend and it was exactly that it was a safe space and I know this is slightly different but we we dealt with uncomfortable you know um thoughts feelings memories we dealt with yeah. past traumas and and things that were burdens that we'd been carrying but because i was held in a space where it was safe without judgment yeah. without shame without guilt to express yourself you're you're held safely and um i actually said this to to my friend because i had quite a lot of anxiety when i first got there and i often do when i travel away and I said, it's okay, I've done harder things than this before. I've literally been in a freezing cold lake in December yeah. for like 10 minutes to the point where I thought I was going to start hyperventilating and pass out. Like, I physically put myself in situations that are harder. I've done brutal yoga sessions. I have ran further than I thought I ever could have. And because I've built that resilience up, it's like, I'm cool. I know that when I'm going to be challenged to do something, I've always got something else to benchmark how difficult that thing is. And it comes back to being comfortable in the uncomfortable. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Leaning into it. And mm. this doesn't mean that it's, it actually comes back to your misconception question. Mm. Um This doesn't mean that we have to go out and throw ourselves into big experiences when it comes to public speaking like I know a lot of people go I'm really scared of public speaking so I've just logged on to a course and I'm going to be immersed in like you know it's it's kind of like Toastmasters so we all get up and we're I've just booked this keynote speech or whatever and I'm like if this is something that's like a deep set like challenge for you you don't need to throw yourself in the deep end by exposing yourself and leaning into the stress mm. and knowing that you're resilient. Exactly what you said, like getting that feedback is really useful. And I think that is what hopefully I try and create in a session. So mm. when we're talking about things like deep work, I think I'm just really listening and just noting what might be one of the points of resistance or what might feel cringe or embarrassing mm. or exposing all of those sorts of things um so that's a really big part of mm. what I do yeah and, and you, know, you reminded me of um when we first met at a networking event ourselves and I won't I won't forget this because I'm so conscious of doing it now that I don't cross my arms anymore <laughs> oh yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was one of the, it was one of those moments. So a lot of people say, um, "Oh, I'm really comfortable crossing my arms. Uh, it's just comfortable," and I'm like, "Well, it's habitual. Mm. It's not comfortable. It's habitual." So I mean, listen, it's your body. You decide what's <laughs> comfortable and what's not. But what I would say, and and we're not gonna. I also don't believe in the like. If you cross your arms, then you are giving off this message like I do think that it's broader than that and like there's a lot out there let me tell you when it comes to things like public speaking which are like if you use your hand this way then you'll look like a leader and that's why we have politicians who kind of do the half thumbs up point thing because some Mm. overpaid person has gone in and said well this is really going to connect with the audience it doesn't but 
Things like folding your arms, for example, come out of a need to protect all your vital organs at once. And they are your more vulnerable organs. Like if someone came up and, you know, tried to do you some harm, you'll be Mm. semi-protected by your Mm. arms. So it's things like that or, you know, slumping and slouching. It's a habit. It's not how we were meant to stand. And actually, posture... I interestingly read this the other day. There was a study in the 80s where they they brought in convicts who um, had been like muggers and things like that. And they got them to watch a video of a New York street scene of people walking past. And they would pick out the people that they would have mugged mm. and said, which, which one would have been your target? And one of the common denominators, the, the leading one, I believe, was posture. Wow. And it didn't matter how how built you were, how tall you were, but posture was the sign of this person is gonna. I'm gonna be able to get away with it. They're weak, mm-hmm. and so that's why you know things like body language can be really interesting to work with. Not only because it gives your audience something to observe very quickly the speed of light is faster than the speed of sound so Mm -hmm. they're processing how you look way quicker than how you sound but also how it makes you feel especially for women like how how many of us grew up a little bit tall and you know like when our chest was developing we want to just like hide it and whatever and now we have kind of curved shoulders it's a it's a form of protecting ourselves but once we stand tall if we put on a really nice dress and it kind of affects our posture we feel like we can kick ass and yeah. I think that's really exciting yeah. like Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> love that and so on the topic of body language then like how important is body language and how can someone make sure <laughs> that their body language also aligns with their message that they're trying to convey yeah, so there's two different brands, really, that we have um, to impact, the vocal brand and the visual brand. And I think often we get stuck in, like, what should I wear? Oh, I've got to get my hair done before mm. that event and whatever. And that's fine to feel comfortable and whatever, but actually, like, how do you feel standing in that outfit? For for women especially, like, we've been trained into heels a lot mm. of the time, and they do not support your voice. They will carry tension up through the knees, up through the lower abdominals, and unless you know what you're doing standing in them, that will impact your voice, and it might go squeaky or high-pitched or feel a little bit unsupported mm. or less, you know, have less resonance or whatever. And so your command is really challenged there. So obviously that's like coming from the visual image side. But mm. body language is a, is a way of our audience grading the congruency of what we're saying. So it's like, am I, is what I'm hearing aligned with what I'm seeing do I believe them and so if our content is brilliant if it's really well informed but our body language is very nervous or drawn in or even full of bravado and Mm. aggression it's going to impact how we take that that message uh, on board 
Um, and body language, of course, includes things like facial expressions. Now, this is how we co-regulate with people, mm-hmm. even looking at them face to face. So, you know, like when something really awful happens um, and our, our loved ones kind of grab us by the face and they look us in the face, pull, mm-hmm. their, pull our face to theirs and they go, it's going to be OK. Yeah, that's that's co-regulating our nervous system that's not just like look at me that's like be with me in this Mm, moment give me your eyes your ears your it's so powerful we do it to dogs as well I do it to mine all the time (laughs) there we go yeah if so we co-regulate with each other they're a mammal and it's amazing that things like the um I think it's called the occipital lobe so Mm. uh the muscles around the eye they are uh, connected to the eardrum. So they affect how we hear. So you know when someone wow. gives us, I know, wild, right? Yes. So you know when someone squints to listen to us, yeah. that's what they're doing. And actually, so they're, they're telling us what you're saying is important. I want to hear it better. Wow. So even just stuff like that, that's yes. subconscious. This is, don't even started on Botox. Oh, because obviously, I was just... I was just thinking about Botox when when you said that because I used to have Botox and mm. I loved not having the wrinkles and I'd done a lot of work on just accepting my face and my body for what it is and I no yeah. longer have Botox. But when I had it, I really missed the fact that people weren't able to see my expression. And when I was mm. excited, when I was sad, like it was just the same the whole time. And I look back at some of my old videos on like Instagram and stuff like that. And I'm like, you can't see my facial expressions. And I look back now and I'm like, I'm so glad I don't have Botox anymore. I love that you get to see my smile creases. Yeah. Well, it's great because not only are you accepting yourself and actually when you lead by example, that's other people are going to connect with you in that way. They're not, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's brilliant. So you will have a natural like feeling for I'm going to lead how you treat me which is great but also yeah you've got this whole palette of color available to you like I'm one of the most expressive people I think I like have ever known I mean it's exhausting sometimes because (laughs) my face is going every which way but it means that my voice can be really expressive. It's like a remote control for mm. tonality under your voice. So the, the feeling on, of your voice. So if you're a really nice test that you can do is kind of read a children's book and see what happens to your face and um, see see how it's pairing with your voice. You know, if it's discussed, like they, they went in and they thought about this and you're pulling a jib, you know, it really mm. does start to impact your voice. I think it's a really good tool. But yeah, I've known a couple of people who've stopped having Botox because they were finding that either they were being misunderstood or, and I don't want to blame Botox, you know, entirely, but <laughs> they were being misunderstood or people were confusing their message or they just felt, oh, do you know what? There's a, there's a bit of a lid on my expression yeah. and my yeah. voice my quality now so yeah that makes loads of sense that you've had similar experience that's great that you've stopped oh it was hard but I said to myself Laura if you can go one month without it you don't need it Mm. and I went a month and I was like ah I like myself I was like I'm completely fine (laughs) yeah well actually that that work is harder to do though isn't it ultimately you're like I can't be bothered to do the deep dive I just don't want the wrinkles yeah it's hard and this is actually what puts people off about like 
although yes I'm talking about all these amazing things that you can do with your voice this is not for the faint-hearted mm-hmm. like this is work um mm-hmm. actors as I say go off for three years at drama school and they learn the bedrock of this stuff mm. but then they go out into the world and then they learn how to act and perform and and you know in elongate their or expand their craft Mm. and it's the same here like you are trying to wrestle with challenges and apprehensions that you've had since teen years maybe and so I think another thing to say about it is there is no quick fix for this stuff Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people want a one workshop or one session or whatever but it will lift the lid on some big stuff your voice is so tied in with identity an expression makes so much sense and the more we're talking I'm like wow okay there's actually so much to this that I really didn't realize myself um two things yeah two (laughs) two things that I want to mention is going back to the heels really interesting you say that about wearing heels and talking Mm because next week when I've got my talking event I'm doing it in trainers and in my gym gear and yeah yeah, because it all comes back down to what you were saying about being comfortable and my leggings my hoodies and my trainers and my trainers are just so comfortable so when I'm comfortable I can be the most confident version of myself as I toyed with the idea of wearing a fancy outfit and I was like no that's so not you Laura you spend 99% of your time in gym kit show up as who you really are and be comfortable so I'm glad that I'm definitely doing the right thing on that front and you know I think you're owning mm, it that's great yeah 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 I'm fed up of wearing a mask now you know the mask is is gone and I'm just like this is who I am you either like me you don't and if you don't that's fine (laughs) yeah absolutely well then at least you know you're telling your audience how who you are because Mm -hmm. actually King Herod never comes out in any nativity and goes, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to please everyone. But I've got a few character traits that are, un, you know, desirable. But, ple- you know, we don't, like, it's okay to yeah. put some people off and, and to have people divided. I think the the sort of Netflix of everything at the moment is that everything needs to be, like, quite neat and tidy. And I just think, my God, if you don't, like dissuade some people from listening and really mm. attract some other people from uh, to listen towards you. You know, there's there's no point. Yeah, you'll just I, get beige. Yeah, and I think you want to attract the people that really resonate with you as well. Like inside the community that I work with, like we all get to talk about the weird and wonderful things that we're all interested in because. I talk about the weird and wonderful things that I'm interested in. So I get to have those amazing conversations because I'm attracting the same people and then repelling the people that don't have the same interests as me. And that's absolutely okay. And I think Mm. if anything, we should be striving to actually do that and be our most authentic selves as scary as it is. Mm. Yeah. And it's funny there's quite a big buzzword with authenticity at the moment. And I would actually swap it mm. for, cause I got asked this question on another podcast before about being authentic. And actually I think I'd swap it for having courage and taking risks mm. and being like mindful of what your voice can do, what you'd like, you know, what song you'd like it to sing and putting it out there with as little tension as you possibly can. And actually, for many people, that can be very quiet. 
it can be slow it doesn't have to be really kind of outgoing or whatever but I think authenticity is yeah it's an interesting buzzword right now because ultimately I'm not sure we ever get to know who we are I think it's constant changing isn't it yeah yeah it's almost like do you know what this is who I reckon I am right now and I'm going to share it with you and then you know and equally um one of the things that you know I have prepped clients for in the past is quite emotive content so if it comes back to that pills before swine um idea in the bible that like if there are things that are precious to you don't worry about being so authentic that you authenticity doesn't necessarily mean opening up you know all of access Mm -hmm. to who you are and throwing those precious Mm -hmm. pills into the pig pen like if if someone isn't listening to you stop talking yeah like in a conversation if they're on their phone or whatever like just take a pause wait till they listen because yeah I I think I talk about this all the time but attention is the currency of our times at the moment it's it's more valuable than oil Mm. and if someone gives you their attention or vice versa, I just think it's the most precious thing. So I think that's all in, embroiled in authenticity as well of like yeah. being present. Yeah. Being yeah. right there and then. Well, really great points. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with like it being like an evolving journey, like figuring out who we are. And something that really stuck with me from a lot of the therapy work that I've done is learning that it's okay to change my mind on an hour by hour day day basis like I might learn new information about something and then completely change my opinion that doesn't mean I was an idiot or I was wrong or whatever you know other judgment we're going to shun ourselves with it just means Mm. oh we learned something we changed our mind how cool is that that we get to be able to adapt and change (laughs) yeah absolutely I I think we have a real responsibility to like start putting that into action one Mm. of the I've never talked about this actually but it was really disturbing to me at the time was the all of the uh controversy around Molly May's comment Mm. a little while ago something like we've all got the same Mm -hmm. 24 hours look I'm not agreeing or disagreeing with that it was said but equally what I found really disturbing was the backlash and the how dare you you be so wrong out of touch whatever and it was really vile yeah like vitriol and I thought do you know what there are people who come to me clients that come to me who are so terrified of getting it wrong and so they will never speak up Mm. and what you've just shown them there by being so horrible and and it's not about accountability that's a different thing this is about venom yeah I I agree you've shown them with it yeah that you've shown that audiences are dangerous Mm -hmm. and so they won't come and speak in front of them and it it Mm. challenges the wrong people it it clothes them it closes the mouths of the wrong people and that's one of the things I'm super passionate about is there's a lot of people who are like oh gosh will I look arrogant if I say this and I'm like no there is no way that after one or two sessions or a year of sessions you're going to suddenly turn into like a real smug like Troy McClure off of the Simpsons who's like <laughs> or a Trump or like any of those people that you think really do bulldoze other people yeah. with their voice like yeah it's it's wild I think it's a real compassion 
exactly what you were talking about is mm. is like really needed <laughs> yeah yeah to get those fr- voices free but yeah I was shocked when all of that backlash came out towards Molly May and something else mm. that I think can often be taken the wrong way is sometimes the message that you're delivering isn't for a specific audience that is then given the backlash like I am mm. um, I wrote a piece of copy the other day and I'm like I need to edit that because I uses we all have the same 24 hours in a day and I was like shit I don't know if I can say that because of the whole Molly May thing but in that mm. piece of copy the message isn't for the single mums that struggling and grinding the message is for business owners that are looking to effectively manage and use their energy that's who my message is going to and it will resonate with them and they will totally understand what I'm trying to say behind it. But even I was like, shit, I don't know if I could actually use this in my copy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I think you're right that we're, we're looking for the kind of one size fits all message. And that is, that's what, you know, I, I've talked a lot about artificial intelligence as well. Ooh. That is what it's doing is finding the one size fits all message how can I appeal to everyone or how can I just say the thing that people want to hear that is so dangerous because ultimately we're all just going to be saying these things privately and never wanting to rock the boat it's not about going out and you know being awful or being unkind Mm -hmm. it's about actually going do you know what I don't really agree with that or having having transcendental conversation Mm -hmm. rather than just back and forth we're not looking for tennis we're looking for building uh, something together and that's that I think takes a huge level of maturity if you can speak to someone who is willing to listen without interrupting and um you know really see your point and and give you the compassion to think well that's come from somewhere I think that's amazing Mm -hmm. that's actually a huge thing we need to practice completely Uh, this is slightly different this example but on Sunday I was in the supermarket doing my food shop and like I said I was on a massive crash from just coming back from like the healing weekend energy was low and my I my my um not temper I wasn't angry but my what's the word so your social battery yeah, was running was just, low. Yeah. And I <laughs> left her trolley in the middle of an aisle on a Sunday. And I was like fuming. <laughs> and in my, I was really short to the woman whose trolley it was as well. And I probably came across rude. Afterwards, I thought, wow, that's not like you, Laura. And yeah. I thought about it later the next day. And I spoke to my therapist about it. And I was like, if I knew that woman... I would so apologize to her today and hope that she could have humility. That's how you say it, isn't it? Humility to accept that I was just having a really bad day and it wasn't personal and I didn't mean to be offensive. But if everyone could have that same compassion towards everyone and think, I wonder maybe if that person's actually having a bad day, that's why they've said something like that. If something's upset them, maybe they're not quite themselves today and not take Mm -hmm. it personally. Like that's what... I always go to my first thought is I wonder if that person's actually having a bad day and try to have yeah, compassion. It's one of those like choose the better feeling thought as yes. well. Like I say this about audiences all the time is like, oh, what if they this? What if they that? Right. What will make you feel better? Now I'm not talking about going in with some sort of like messiah complex <laughs> and being like, oh, they all love me. Yeah. I'm amazing. But just think, 
do you know what? I bet the look on their face, which is a little bit like they're frowning, maybe that's because they're thinking. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's, you know, trying to find the 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 rationale that you would give to a best friend and I think you did it there and yeah there's so many times where I've been caught in similar situations and I've just had to stop myself and be like hang on a second my voice (laughs) is very like alarming right now let me just take it down a notch and then I've talked about this in other podcasts before actually but one of the most interesting things that started to happen to me was talking to guys on nights out that would come up and you know like uh ask you out or something or like try and spark conversation and they typically I'm I'm wondering if you have this as well typically quite aggressive and quite Mm. drunk Mm -hmm. and they sit down and it's like all right and they sort of look at you and you're like yeah okay what's happening where have I where you come from but then I started to think you know what it's probably and I'm not advising that people do this this is me (laughs) someone who's fascinated in this stuff and really comfortable and probably very sober like in that environment um but I just started to go like do you know what I I bet it's really I don't think I could go up to anyone and start a conversation and ask them out so I was like yeah I'm okay you seem yeah you seem a little bit high energy if I'm honest is there something like concerning and he's like well you know I don't know what you women want it's like well have you asked and then eventually we had a really really great conversation but it did take a little bit of time for him to kind of climb down and get the nerves you know calm but I thought by the end of the conversation he was almost crying and I was like I really hope you get laid mate not by me but I really hope you take it away and think, actually, I'm going to just try a different tact. Because yeah. there are men cleaning up with just being polite and, yeah. and having a genuine conversation. You don't need books like The Game. <laughs> to be like, hi, saw you across the room and really felt compelled to come over. It's that authenticity again, that, oh. that honesty again. But yeah. that was the kind of starting point for all this stuff. I was like, whoa, conversations are so powerful. They can either like, wreck your day or make mm, your day that's so interesting you know, I love you had so the balls to have that power is good yeah and I love that you had the balls <laughs> conversation with him like so interesting. Oh, I do it all the time now past, yeah. past builders or whatever like I used to go so tense and I know what's happening there is like I'm so tense and so they're like oh my god she looks so tense what should we do give her a compliment she'll love that she'll relax straight away Obviously, that's not how it goes. <laughs> they go, nice ass or whatever. And then yeah. they're like, more tense and whatever. And then they're like, oh, I don't know what to do now. I'm just going to double down. So instead, we just say morning, break the tension. Yeah. He knows I'm not afraid of him. He doesn't need to do anything, whatever. You know, I think it's it's really, that has dramatically changed my life. And again, that's mm. not, it's horses for courses. But yeah, finding the better feeling thought is really useful mm-hmm. um, when it comes to having conversations with people. They're nervous too. Yeah, They probably don't know what to say either. Or, you know, when you're looking at an audience and they're looking blankly at you, it's like they're just waiting for you to say, to, to indicate where we're going. It's mm. as simple as that, I think, a lot of the time. But we try and make it really complicated because it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> Complexity. Something my coach said to me the other day was like, Laura, they don't know what you're going to be saying next. So don't worry. Like you could yeah. literally make the next thing up if you forget your lines, if you forget your cue. You could sing. <laughs> yeah, you could sing a song. They don't know. Yeah, they, they have no idea. And that gave me so no much comfort. 
Yeah, it's so simple, right? It's a little bit like um, we say this to like actors who are at the very start of training. So normally like children, right? When you do a school play, someone drops something on the floor. Say like it's a piece of tissue that's fallen out of their pocket or something. And all of the audience go, that's important. Because the audience are just looking at what's happening on stage and they're like, oh, that's important because no one's picking it up. And I always remember my teachers just going, just pick it up. Just pick it up because it's not in the blocking. It's not what we, you know, agreed to do before, but it's normal. So don't make it, this is bad, this has gone wrong. So if something drops in the middle of what you're saying, if you're given, you know, a bit of a tongue twister, Mm -hmm. pick it up, embrace it, admit it. I'm I'm actually a bit nervous. Um, One of these examples, Simon Sinek, who's an incredible speaker, Uh, partway through just forgot what he was saying (laughs) and he went ah I've completely forgot my train of thought what was I talking about can anyone help me and immediately the audience member just were like yeah whatever we saw it with um Lewis Capaldi the other day when you just give in and go I don't know what's coming next or you know it's a really bold move if you can get to that point Mm. I think it's amazing your audience are like, whoa, they just did something that I would shit a brick if I had to do that. Yeah. And what, like, what a connection. <laughs> I think it shows a lot of power. Yeah, what a connection are you building as yeah. well? Like, I, I, I really admire people that can just own things like that. And there's something that I'm trying to do myself is just go hold my hands up to something mm-hmm. if I've got it wrong or if I've forgotten something. Yeah. But also I'm like, yeah, I like that person. They're normal. I can relate to them. <laughs> Yes, that's a huge factor of how we connect with people. Yeah. There was a study uh, where one actress was selling two smoothie makers or juice makers, and the first time she did it perfectly, nothing went wrong, and it was all very sort of, you know, precise and whatever. And then the second time, she spilt the smoothie, and they looked at how many smoothie makers she sold. And obviously, the second one where she spilt the smoothie, people bought more. <laughs> because they felt sorry. For, maybe because they felt a bit sorry for her. But also because they were like, do you know what? She's human. And I think that's the other thing with public speaking coaching. Is like, personally, I wouldn't want to go to someone who's perfect. Mm-hmm. And be like, sat there and be like, oh God, I'll never be like you. You're amazing. You never make a mistake. But I, I think that's why clients come to me yeah. is they're like she's not perfect she's still working stuff out um and and I do still work this stuff out I, I got into this because I really really struggled with it I really really, really struggled oh yeah oh, this was this was absolute hell for me it was like to the point of I would have fainted before doing anything that was in front of other people and I and I loved being a director and mm. it stopped me getting work and you know really put a it sort of strangled my ambition and and made me really put it off Mm. um and I thought you know what you're not going to be able to do this forever and avoid it so you're going to have to start doing all the stuff that you help people do so Mm. I used all of the exercises that I used with actors and was like these work really really well um and so now offer them to other people. Yeah. Proof is yeah, in the so pudding. I'm the, I'm the own personal director. You what, sorry? <laughs> Proof is in the pudding. Proof is in the pudding. Yeah. Because now I can do it and I love it. Yeah. 
So tell us about some clients that you've worked with then. Like, have you got any success stories that you can you can share or that people would be happy for you to share on their behalf? Yeah, do you know what? There's there's loads and they're kind of like the things they were able to do. There was a client that um so I used to run workshops called the Speakeasy and I remember a client messaging me like six months or someone who'd come to the the uh, speakeasy something like six months later or four months later and they had done some of the breathing exercises that I'd done and she said I took that away and I focused on that for all of these months just breathe just breathe just know how to sit back into your breathing when something becomes tense whatever and I've, I've used the practice uh, that you taught us over and over and over again and she was able to negotiate her pay negotiate a new title and even get her driving lessons um, paid for her because they were changing offices or something. And she was ready to quit. We'd we'd been talking for a long time before that around like, oh, I'm going to have to quit. I'm going to have to find a new job because I really don't like it. But she was able to have all those difficult conversations, which I thought was amazing. Mm. Um, There's another one who's like one of the youngest members in her team. There's people who've won their pitches to start their company and now they're really big they're going from strength to strength so it's like the first five grand to start their company and now they're brilliantly big um it's people who've spoken in front of thousands of people in stadiums started or starting their own podcast um but I think the the ones that stick out for me the most are the ones that are like Oh, it's so emotional. It's like the self-belief mm. stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, I actually feel like I've been offline for like over a year and just kind of peddling away. And I thought this was what life was going to be like forever. And now I know that I can do really hard things and yeah. and I've, I've got my voice back. Like that's huge. If you feel like you don't have a voice, I really empathize with that. It's horrible. Yeah. And it's it's like life-changing to have anything um different happen Mm. it's really powerful Mm. I think it makes you feel really really proud of yourself yeah so yeah there's there's loads like that yeah well you are like absolutely spot on like our voice is such a powerful tool it's learning to use it and use it in the Mm. in the right ways and you know even speaking to you today I'm like wow did not realize how deep your work actually went and just how life transforming it is because it's not just a one thing that you go off and do this talking event I can actually see how it can benefit you in so many Mm. different areas of your life down to the example you gave of you know getting a promotion and getting all of these other things because had the confidence Mm. to use their voice powerful yeah 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 that is actually the biggest compliment that I get is that when people say, um, my family have noticed a difference yeah, and my friends have noticed a difference. And I'm like, that is huge because family and friends subconsciously or consciously quite like their understanding of us. Mm-hmm. So when something rocks the boat, it's quite uncomfortable normally, unless they know it is for our greatest good. So then they're just like, when they say something like that, that, you know, my family have noticed that I've become more assertive, more clear, more, you know, I stand my ground. Mm. I have 
it's like I, I, a nicer time in small talk. I'm not freaking out before presentations. It's, it's stopped affecting their relationship in a negative way. That's so huge. Yeah. Personally, I think it's huge. I love oh, yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I'm biased. <laughs> Me too, don't worry. <laughs> then it's also like, you know, like if you can do a wedding speech, like wedding speech is a good example. It's like, this is one of the most special days of your entire life. And everyone talks about the speeches. So like stop spending a grand on a cake mm. and just have a couple of sessions and and put out there how you really feel. Because when I've worked with a couple of people, it has been sort of last chance saloon. They've gone, oh, quick, can it is friends and family, you know? And they've gone, oh, can you just have a look at my speech? And we've kind of readjusted it, whatever. There's always been an ah or a clap or people crying and whatever. And I'm like, yeah, go on, use that stage. This day is about you and your partner and your public declaration. Like, you might as well go for it. Yeah. So there are the ones that I really love doing. Oh, I didn't even, yeah, I didn't even think about that. But the ripple effect is, is huge. Oh. Well, Charlotte, I know that you've got your event in September, which I'm unfortunately away for the weekend. Otherwise, I would be there. But can you give everyone some information on it and also let people know where they can find you? Because you always post loads of tips and stuff on your Instagram as well. And I know that you're super helpful to talk to. So, yeah, where can people find you? Yeah, I'd love them to get in touch. So, Best places are LinkedIn or Instagram. As you said, I'm Charlotte Lewis consultant on Instagram and then Charlotte Lewis on LinkedIn. There isn't a website right now, but if anyone does want to get in touch in a different way, you can use my email. So it's hello at charlotte-lewis.co.uk. And then the event in September is actually a bit of a different one. So it's called Your Face is Your Calling Card. And it's all about those first impressions. But wrapped in a workshop of self-care and greater awareness of the face in particular so I'm collaborating with my friend Michelle who I did my yoga teacher training with and we'll be at Insole Court and so I'll come at it from the point of view of first impressions and public speaking and connection and Michelle will be coming at it from her expertise which is facial yoga buckle massage so natural Botox basically (laughs) um, and self-care so it'll be a really nice way of like scratching the surface at both of those worlds Mm. at the same time basically it's like a facial appreciation day (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it'll be really nice to to meet people there so that's in Cardiff on September the 9th but they can go on to Eventbrite for that your face is your calling card but it sounds like a delightful, a delightful. Is it in the afternoon or the morning? I think it's like mid morning, something like eleven forty-five till two oh. o'clock or something. So it's a couple of hours. So you'll learn a couple of techniques, um, both for speaking and for massage. And yeah, um, it's it's a really lovely way to connect with your face mm. at the end of the day. Face yoga. So and Michelle is just beautiful so oh yeah I'm gutted I'm not here because it actually looks like such a delightful afternoon and also like loads to take away from it but if you go give me all the updates I want to hear about it and I'm sure I'll also see from your socials as well Charlotte how it's gone so I'll be there in spirit (laughs) yeah 
Oh, thank you. That's all good. Yeah. Oh, thanks so much for having me on, Laura. No, thank you so much. I've loved this conversation. So uh, thank you so much. And to everyone listening, like, give Charlotte a follow. Get in touch if you've got any questions with her. I also want to hear all your feedback. I listen to, well, sorry, listen, I read every message that I receive. And if you've got any questions for either of us, please send them our way. And just thank you so much for listening.